The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. And president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick. Listen to Matt Slick Live. If you want to give me a call... All you have to do is dial 877-207-2276. 2276 on the dial spells C-A-R-M, the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry. And uh, hey, there you go. And also, if you're not comfortable with calling on the air and, uh, you know, whatever your situation, or just don't like it, if you want, what you could do also is just email me at info at karm.org. Info at karm.org, and what I can do then is uh, just read your question over the air and uh, deal with it, you know, and answer it. If you like that, you can just, uh, you can you can ask, <laughs> ask me a math question. <laughs> I'm just kidding. At any rate, so no big deal. So if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Okay, now. So, get this. I was just telling uh, Laura and Charlie before the show, I was telling about something. And um, so, as you know, if you've been listening to me for a while, that the uh, the Christian church is in trouble, okay, and we know that. Uh, it, there's an apostasy coming in, and a lot of false teachers out there, uh, you know, Joyce Meyer and Kenneth Copeland and some bad teachers, uh you know, Joel Osteen and, and a lot of others that are out there. The new apostolic reformation movement is, is on the rise, the positive confession stuff. Uh, women pastors and elders and, uh, uh, just people not believing in the word of, of truth, in the word of God. So I've been aware of this for a long, long time because that's what I do for a living. I check things out. And so one of the things I've been focusing on is the the issue of men in the church because Adam and Eve in the garden and uh, they sinned but uh, the pre-incarnate Christ came to Adam and dressed him first and so theologically we men are the ones who hold the burden uh, the, the, the the bigger burden I guess you could say and so I was in bed last night working on my phone. I do that a lot. I, I work on my phone uh, a lot uh, as I'm researching and writing. I don't know. I just like doing it, and I need a bigger phone now. But anyway, so I, I was working on, on this and going through, as I said yesterday, one thing led to another, led to another, led to another. And so I've been working on a, a file called uh, The Out- Outlines on Social Decay. And what I mean by that is how our society is just failing you know it's not just men it's you know women it's, it's everything you know it's just, there's just so much going on societal decay is what i call it and so i, I you know i spent some time on it uh, yesterday and i was going in bed last night it usually takes me quite a while to go to sleep and that's just always been my brain doesn't turn off very easily so i was going through and i was reading about feminism and what feminism, feminism does, and how uh, uh, radical feminism is bad. Feminism in its own is fine, you know, I mean, just uh, equality and things like that, that's, that's fine. Radical feminism, uh, second wave feminism, and uh, there's some stuff. So um, I started thinking about it, and I started realizing something, how much 
the feminists complain about men and how much society attacks men, how the the comedians make fun of men, how movies do it, how magazines do it, sitcoms do it, and it just hit me real hard last night. I was sitting in bed working on something and it hit me, and I've been doing the same thing. And uh, it's like, wow, I didn't realize it. But I was doing this from a theological perspective. Now, we men certainly do have responsibilities, and we have obligations as men. Well, let me sidestep for just a second here. A couple of years ago, I got this idea. And the idea was to just look at the red letters of what Jesus uh, was saying. And even I'll even read other stuff. I mean, I, I want, what I'm looking for is what Jesus did and said. I'm looking for his teachings, I'm looking for his actions. And the reason I was thinking about that is because we as men have the greatest example of what it means to be a man in the person of Jesus. And I resurrected this idea last night and immediately shifted where I was studying and started going through the Bible, starting with the book of Matthew, going through the, the red letters. I just scanned down until I find the red letters and would start looking. And I started making notes, and then I transferred them to a, a, my, uh, you know, computer today, and I'm working on these, these notes about Jesus. And what I'm trying to do, let's see, do I have that? I'm, what I'm trying to do, let's see, get rid of that, is, is learn from him. I want to find out what he was like as a man. And then I want to write about what it means to be a man after the image of, of Jesus. And already, uh, I've been going through stuff, and already I'm finding things. And it's really been enjoyable. It really has been. So my outlines, let's see, i got to open this up. It's uh, only five pages right now. And I'm going through Matthew, and that alone is three pages, uh, just of stuff. And here are some of the things I've found. Just on the cursory, just, just right away, Jesus submitted to the Word of God. Now, this is, I'm trying to label these in different categories as a, as a man. And these are the ones I have there. Uh, he, he appealed to the authority of Scripture to resist evil. He rebuked evil by, uh, by, by that. And he was a leader of men. And he taught us to endure persecution. And he taught us, this is something that really is important. He taught us the important, the importance of our words and our commitment. And uh, he said, let your, your uh, yes be yes, your no be no. Anything beyond this is of evil. What he's saying is that our word needs to stand. And this is a, a characteristic of men. It's irregardless, and, and women too, of course, but I'm looking at this from, from the perspective of focusing on men. And as I've said before, I've got some friends, uh, guy friends, uh, good godly men, and if they say they will do something, they will do it. And if they don't, there has to be a very good reason. And this is how they are. And one of the other things that... Uh, that I found was uh, that relates to us as men was Jesus taught fidelity and commitment in marriage and he was speaking to the men specifically in Matthew 5.32 
But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except for the reason of, of unchastity, commits, uh, makes her commit adultery. Whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Now, I'm going through this, uh, this, uh, this project slowly, and I'm just getting scripture after scripture. I'm trying to find the verses and where Jesus actually taught what he did. And I don't know where it's going to go. There's so much to say. And, and and I want to encourage men, and I need the encouragement as well, because being a man in this culture is not easy. But what I want to do is encourage others uh, to be good godly men. And it's easy to do in a lot of ways. You let your word be true, faithful to your wife, working hard and though we need that appreciation from our friends and our spouses we don't live for that appreciation because a real man is capable of doing what he needs to do without the constant need of a pat on the back oh you did so great oh thank you I needed to hear that no and we we like to hear that we're doing well uh, and we need that from our wives but we don't need it all the time we want to be appreciated and that's fine that's just one of the aspects of showing respect but um, one of the things I was thinking about is just as Jesus was he was self-confident in his walk and ministry and that's something that stuck with me okay he's self-confident and where does his, his uh, confidence come from and uh, and so, you know, of course, he relied on the scripture. And that was the, the, the stuff I, I noticed first. The first thing recorded in the Bible is where, uh, of Jesus speaking, is when he says to John the Baptist about being baptized, permitted at this time, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And so Jesus is submitting himself to the scriptures. Right there. He is submitting himself to the scriptures. And, you know, I love that. Jesus, God in flesh, did this. And how much more should we? And I think that as men, if we're to do this, we'll become more confident in what is right and wrong and not need uh, to worry so much about approval or disapproval. You know, wives can't, not just for the wives, I'm telling you. Wives can very easily uh, dissuade a, a man, a husband, from doing something. They can do it a lot of different ways, with a, a look, a tone, um, a, 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 what's it called, passive-aggressive behavior. Uh, men are quite aware of this, and, uh, you know, women can certainly um, hinder men from being men. And so as I'm looking at Jesus, how much of that external influence slowed him down? And nothing did. No external influence slowed Jesus down from doing what was right. Uh, now, you know what I mean is uh, in his attitude, okay? Because you know, there were people who, who bound him and uh, got in his way, but that's not what I'm talking about. Nothing that was external uh, slowed himself from doing God's will. 
and from believing what was right. And this is something I think that's really, because uh, I'm writing this down, this is something that's really important uh, for us as men. And, you know, women want to know that their men are confident and capable, not supermen and, you know, geniuses that can do everything right all the time, but they don't want to have some semblance of confidence in them, being able to do the things that they, you know, hopefully men can do. And so, boy, I got a piece of lint on me. I'm looking on this, my camera. There we go, right in there. Got to get that. And, uh, man, that's driving me crazy. So, just, wow. So, anyway, submitting uh, himself to Scripture, and the naysayers didn't dissuade him. The the naysayers didn't, didn't dissuade him. This is uh, an issue of confidence. Where are we going to get our confidence? We get it from the Word of God. And this is what we need to do. So anyway, these are some of the things I'm learning, you know, or seeing in Jesus. And I want to uh, go through more and more and learn from him. And then tell you what I find out. Because I want to encourage men. I want to encourage men to be the best men they can be. Don't look to me as a good example of that, that's for sure. But uh, we're going to look to Jesus and... Um, it's been an interesting uh, already, just a quick study of him, and I've already got uh, a lot of information, and who knows how far it's going to go. Anyway, just some thoughts, just some thoughts. Hey, if you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276, and we'll be right back after these messages, so please stay tuned. Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hello, 877-207-2276. And uh, let's see, you can email me if you want. You have a question. We've got one from a guy named Kit, and we'll get to that in a second. We've got a caller coming in, and we have four open lines, 877 877- Two zero seven two two seven six. While we're getting the uh, phone thing ready, Kit asks uh, to talk about the United Methodist Church. Um, the United Methodist Church is uh, an apostate denomination. It's a false uh, church denomination. That's not to say there aren't true Christians within it, but they would be true Christians in spite of the United Methodist Church. So generally speaking, any denomination with the word United is bad. The exception I know of is United Reformed. That's good. But United Apostolic, United Pentecostal, United Methodist, United whatever, United Presbyterian. So what about the United Methodist? They affirm homosexuality as an alternative lifestyle. They affirm women, pastors, and elders. Um, In fact, here in the Boise area, uh, I don't know, a few years ago, I got word that a certain United Methodist Church with a woman pastor um, was going to have a Muslim come into their pulpit on a Sunday and speak and give the message to the so-called Christians. Now, that's blasphemy. A Muslim who denies the true and living God, denies the true and living Christ, denies the true gospel, 
uh, spoke. It was just disgusting. It was a disgust. It was a travesty. So what I did was, uh, is I wrote up a, a tract, and um, I tried calling the pastor about this, uh, the woman pastor, and uh, of course I couldn't get through. I wonder why. And so what I did was I, I wrote up some information, Xeroxed it off, uh, the printer I should say, and then went to uh, the church uh, and stood out on the sidewalk. And when people went in, uh, I would pass literature out to the people in the cars. And when they came out, I passed literature <laughs> to the people in the car. Oh, they didn't like that. And um, the poor babies got offended. You know, you shouldn't be doing this. That's offensive. And so what? Freedom of speech? You don't, you know, you don't have the right to say you can't be offended. It's just life. You don't like what I'm saying? Okay, that's just grow up, you know. But uh, and I told them, uh, a few people, uh, how bad it was. One woman came out. Uh, she's in her car. She goes, oh, it was bad in there. She says, I'm never coming back. I says, good for you. I told her some good churches to go to and some other women in, uh, were going in and say, you're just, you're bad. You shouldn't do that. He's a good man. And blah. you know, I just, it was just complete ignorance and idolatry and uh, the lack of, of the fruit of the spirit that was manifested. And so uh, the United Methodist Church uh, is not to be considered a true Christian church. It denies the uh, sufficiency of scripture denies the true gospel, uh, denies the, the fact that Jesus is the only way, uh, approves of, of women, pastors and elders, is approving of homosexuality, etc. It's just not a true Christian church. Okay, it's apostate. So we have four open lines if you want to give me a call. 877-207-2276. Let's get to Ryan from Pennsylvania. Ryan, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Matt, thank you for taking my call, and mm -hmm. um, thank you for uh, inviting me to call anytime. Mm -hmm. I um, read an article of yours um, that was called um, Response to Wiki Criticism of the Carm Transcendental Argument, and I was wanting to okay. ask your permission um, to uh, send you a response to what you saw as the shortcomings of that critique. So if you and, want, um, sure you can. Okay, it's going to be a further... Um, extension of my previous email that I sent you about the destruction mm -hmm. of the um, of the transcendental argument. And, you mean um, your so, proposed destruction? Your proposed. Well, let me let me tell you. I've well, I've been discussing it. I've been look, I've looked at no, it's not. But uh, I've looked at your paper just very curiously. I, I'm in the middle of a bunch of stuff. I'm going to go to Israel soon, so I've got a lot of things on my plate. And i got someone else who's mailed me something very significant. I'm supposed to do work on, work on this, too. But uh, for years, I've, I've heard all kinds of, of so-called destructions of the argument. It doesn't work. So we'll see. Maybe you got something new, but uh, so far it hasn't been the case. Well, you do understand that there are multi-value logics that deal with more than just mm -hmm. true and false, right? Yes. Uh, so is it true or false that there are uh, more systems than just standard logic? Okay. Well, you're avoiding the question. The I, I said, okay. I said, yes, there are. And then I asked you, is it true or false that there's more? Um, sure. And the, uh, yes. the fact of the matter okay. is, is that with, okay. with many values between true and false, therefore you're disjunct, uh, dis, um, disjunctive um, syllogism. Dis, um, the, uh, disjunctive syllogism and the law of excluded matter, 
are both um, uh, negated. They're both false. Okay. We, so let me ask to, you. Um, let me ask you then. Because they don't know what that is. We have nobody waiting right now. So it's either the case that, um, uh, let's see, that a kangaroo created the universe, or it's not the case that a kangaroo created the universe. Would you agree? Sure. Okay. And if we can negate the possibility that a kangaroo did create the universe, then that's negated as being a truth value, right? Sure. And then the only one left over would necessarily be true. It's not the case that a kangaroo created the universe, right? That's correct, but you're still using a bivalent logical system to determine that. And bivalent logical systems are not the only ones uh, that can be used. Really? Can you give me a non-bivalent uh, uh, system that deals with that issue of the kangaroos creating the universe sure. or not? Sure. It is possible that a kangaroo uh, created the universe. It's possibly possible that a kangaroo created the universe. It is possibly possible that a kangaroo did not create the universe. It is possibly possible that a kangaroo did not um, create the universe. And each of those within modal logic has a distinct value between true and false. And in fact, some logical, modal logical systems, you can string an infinite number of possibly possible, and each of them have a distinct value between true and false. So what does possibly possible mean? Well, um, the, it means that that's exactly what it says, that it, uh, something can be true, or it could be possibly true, or it could be possibly false, or possibly possibly false. Again, this is scope and range of meaning of, of modal operators within a modal logical system. In fact, so um, then, Alvin Planigo developed, developed okay, three so, different modal logical systems, and okay. uh, in one of those, you can string an infinite number of them, and each of them has a uh, distinct value between okay. true and false. Okay. So in other words, possibly possible means something it could be true, or it could also not be true. That's correct. That's, that's bivalent again. Wow. Okay. No, it's not. Yes, no, it is. It is uh, it, no, it's not. Because you, you each of these <laughs> designate a distinct truth value between true and false. So possibly possible means it could be. Right? Correct. And there's also um, contingent possibility. There's also compatible possibility. Okay. There's also necessary possibility, all within modal system. And all okay. of them are well, we, we got we got a break. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, oh dang it! I didn't mean to hang up on him. I did. Um, hey, we have five open lines. Eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. We'll be right back. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I accidentally hung up on Ryan. It, was, it honestly was an accident. But during the break, though, um, uh, I wrote out a question. Is it possibly possible that possibly possible statements are either true or not true? That would be an interesting question, I think, to discuss. <laughs> anyway, hey, look, uh, you have two ways of contacting me. One is, I should, you know what? I just thought of something, Charlie. we got to get that, uh, that that text thing on the phones going. Remember that we used to use? And um, I wonder if you get that and then give the phone number out or some text thing that people get to email us. 
wonder if we could do that. That might be fun just to try that. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, we wouldn't get barraged by by people whose uh, quantum fluctuations aren't quite in sync with themselves. So anyway, uh, there's that. But uh, so you can get a hold of me. Oh man, I'm making myself laugh. You get a hold of me. Uh, answer, ask a question. Just email me at info at karm org, or you can uh, you can just call in eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. Let's get to Monique from Greensboro, North Carolina. Welcome. You're on the air. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to ask you, simply because I've never heard it, so I want to be clear, Mm -hmm. I don't have an opposing view, but if I'm not mistaken, you just said any kind of church that says united, whatever is bad. Can you tell me why, oh well, why that is? I've just never heard that. And the other question was a what do you think question, so go ahead. Sure, it's a it's a rule of thumb. It's not always true in every situation. Generally speaking, churches uh, and denominations with the word "united" in it are bad. Except the one I know as an exception to that is um, is United Reformed, which is a good church, is a good denomination. But for some reason, uh, the word "united" on a on a group usually means uh, pretty bad. And so, uh, it's just, I don't know why, but that's just the case. Okay, not okay, all, I just no. wasn't. I wasn't sure if you were uh, pulling that specifically, just that direct statement from some scripture that I didn't know. I was just curious. Okay, thank you. And then I just was uh, wondering if, oh, let me look at this. You'll know it. Matthew, in Matthew, where Jesus says, you know, talks about divorce and says, from the beginning it wasn't so, but Moses, Mm -hmm. you know, permitted permitted because of the hardness Mm -hmm. of your heart. Uh, This, again, is just a positive. I don't see it spelled out anywhere else in the scripture other than what Paul talks about it, but do you, is it possible, not is it possible, in light of what the conversation you just had, but what are your thoughts, I guess, on it, do you think that maybe the rise of women um, that call themselves pastors or have a desire to do that, um, that it might have come from, or at least to some degree come from, um, the lack of God's original will, which is people, men, that are called the pastor doing so, actually stepping up and doing so, or you know, being responsible in their position. I'm not sure I understand the question. Sense? It's a big question. Um, yeah. There, within the Christian Church, true Christianity, and yeah, I'll, I'll boastfully uh, stand on that hill and say true Christianity, and go to the scriptures and tell you what it is. I'd be glad to debate anybody on that, but. Uh, True Christianity is situated upon the work of Christ, the doctrine of the Trinity, justification by faith alone, in Christ alone, his resurrection, the gospel message, etc. And the peripherals that accompany the truth of, of the Christian perspective is uh, that, that, that some of the, those things are the virgin birth, of course, but also women are not to be pastors and elders. And that's what the Bible teaches. And so, uh, and homosexuality is sinful, and transgenderism is is uh, sinful, and the practice of putting the word of God up to a vote is also sinful, and this is the kind of thing that's going on in a lot of churches today, and it just is. So I'm not sure if that's answering your question because I, your question was a long one, but. Um, well, the question any... was just what you know as far as giving rise to that just a basic disobedience like any other thing oh, yeah. that's anti-scripture mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. something you know that that has been i should say 
Fed, not caused by, but fed by the shortage of men stepping into the place that God has called them. Now, it's, again, it's yeah. a ponderance. And more, you know, have you considered? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with just the culture that we're in. Uh, I think, it, you know, there's no one thing. It's like a, a plane crash. It's not just because of one thing. Rarely is ever one thing. It's a whole bunch of things that come together. And I think the devaluing of truth, the attack on masculinity, the rise of radical feminism, the rise of socialism, the uh, the attack of uh, men in um, in media, in, uh, in shows. I watched a video a couple nights ago where a woman actually analyzed some of the later movies that have happened in the past 10 years where they're women heroine, and she said there's nothing wrong with the women heroine, which I agree with. My favorite movie of all time has a woman heroine, uh, the movie Aliens. But uh, they usually are, are heroines at the expense of men. This kind of thing is going on and on. And men pick up on this. And I think women do too. And I think there's an, uh, I think that there is, how do I put this? Uh, a, not a subconscious, but uh, a, a mild kind of brainwashing that's going across, that, that's occurring to both males and females. If I were to teach on just what the Bible says about male roles and female roles, maybe I'll, I'll work up an article on that because I teach it when I do marriage counseling, people are shocked what, it's, what it actually says. And I would say that the men would have no problem accepting it. I would think the women would have a problem accepting it because I think women have been abused, uh, not physically they have, but I mean they've been abused by the culture to make them uh, move in an ungodly, uh, unchristian way. And they're they're buying into it. I think that's part of the problem, too. And men aren't standing up when they're just, you know, there's a little kind of stuff. And I, I appreciate that. So, lastly, and I'll let you go, I was, I just want to make my position very clear. I'm very much obviously in line with, in agreement with the scripture, what it says, not only about the women preachers, but everything else. Uh, just a small offshoot of that. Do you know of any place in the scripture that would give people even a morsel of, in their minds, justification to come up with this first lady thing. I, I've never seen that in what the mean first know, lady? pastor's wife. I'm telling you. Um, the pastor's wife, and they call him first lady, or even sometimes really? co-pastor. Oh, yeah, they yeah, should not be co-pastor. Uh, yeah, yeah we're term first, first lady. That's It's just more a secularism creeping into the church. I'm going to read you a verse. Yeah, it, it is. It is a lot of it. Um, here's a verse that everybody needs to memorize and it's first corinthians 4 6 now these things brethren i have figuratively applied to myself and apollos for your sakes so that in us you may learn not to exceed what is written so that no one of you will become arrogant in behalf of one against the other so what paul uh, is saying is not to exceed what's written so he's referring to the scriptures even what he writes and that which has already come before him don't exceed the Word of God. And so women pastors and elders definitely exceeds the Word of God. So does this idea of opinions about what is true. I remember talking to a guy once who didn't like what Paul the Apostle said, and he actually said, well, that's just his opinion. I have my opinion. And I said, wait a minute, so your opinion is equal to Paul the Apostle? He said, oh, yeah. I mean, we have stupidity like that. And so 
that's going there's just so much you know we need to not exceed what's written and so the idea of first lady of the church yeah i hear that all the time i'm surprised really i heard that you know no i've never have oh yes first lady maybe it's a southern thing i don't know but um is it a because i know the black culture has interesting things Uh, in churches is it in the mainly the black culture well, I was going to say, I can't, speak for, I, I can't speak for, obviously, all, you know, a black culture. There's no, you know, uniform black culture. But to what you're talking about, yes, I have, mm-hmm. uh, I can think of, of non-black uh, churches that have that same thing going okay. on, for sure. All right. But I, okay. you took, I was going to say what I've heard of it, mostly. Of course, I am in the South. Uh, yeah, Maybe it's just a South thing. No, I've never heard it. I never have, seriously. So wow. it's probably just a That's South right. thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, hey, I got a lot to learn. But uh, that and co-pastor, I tell you, don't call her a co-pastor. She is not qualified to be a co-pastor because she's a woman. Oh, man, that doesn't sit well. That reminds me of something. i got to tell you something. I remember about a year or so ago. Oh, this we had nobody waiting. I like talking about this. I was in a, a chat room. And guys and girls, there were a lot of unbelievers there. And I just listened. I like to listen a lot, see what kind, you know, the temperature of the room is. And there were some women who were as foul as you could get. And when men are foul, not that it's okay, I get it. Men are a little bit more debate or more based than women. Women generally are more civilizing and civilized. That's one of the great qualities of, of women. They civilized men. Well, they were just as bad as the guys were, and I actually got up there and talked to them, and I'll tell you what I said after the break. Okay. <laughs> so we'll be right back, folks, after these messages. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. Fast hour. And uh, are you back? Are you there, Monique? I am, uh-huh. Okay. You know, I was going to say, was right before the break hit, I went into this room, and like I said, all these women were just, it was really bad. One woman was really, really, really bad, and I... I got on the mic finally. They asked me a question, and, and she uh, you know, was just foul. And I actually said to her, I said, you're not very feminine. And she was enraged. And I said, you're so foul and, and dirty inside that it comes out in your, your speech. Now, I knew that that was going to cause uh, a ruckus, and boy, did it. I had to wait like three minutes before the... <laughs> The tornado of insults stopped, and then I just said it again. And um, I stayed in the room, and we talked. And of all things, within an hour, she was behaving better. I think it's important that that um, we understand how important it is to speak right and to act right. And our culture is just so bad that when women start acting as bad as men, that's really bad, you know. Anyway, just well, I appreciate you. I appreciate you sharing that, and I'll let you go with this because um, I, I was also going to say in response to that 
it would seem to me now i you know i love god with all my heart I, the word is the word mm-hmm. and and i've had to be a strong woman you know just because good it's my you know i'm single but i would say it would seem that if more teaching and again maybe i just hadn't heard it it's more out there than i think of the uh, man the husband you know what well, we lost you we missed about yeah. 10 seconds what you said because it went bad okay. say, say it again oh no in, in, in ephesians when it says about husbands love your wives even as mm-hmm. jesus loved the church it seems if that were taught more and again i say that with a disclaimer mm-hmm. maybe i just hadn't heard as much then you know more women even secular ones if they would be blessed to understand what that Absolutely. means would be happier you know and more accepting of the position um but you know yeah. that's just and you know people like angry and locks who don't call themselves pastors they just teach um you know i i don't know to me it would just seem an obvious encourager to go ahead and step into your god-given position but that that's me i mean i'm in christ right. so uh but anyway um yeah i was just curious what you thought about as far as if you've ever given thought that maybe some of that at least obviously never all but some of that has been brought to pass because men not stepping into their position similar to, yeah. you know, the hardness of the heart that with the divorce coming, you know. Into- Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of thinking about it, and it's just not a simple thing. Uh, and But what we uh, Christian men need to do is act like Christian men. And well, what does that's that mean? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yes. Find out in the Bible, and that's what I'm going to do. And because you know, I need to learn it as well. Uh, you know, no man's going to do it perfectly except for Jesus. But uh, you know, we can try, and it's okay. It's okay to try. You know. Well, and fail. praise God. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, praise God. Praise God for the word. Well, God bless yeah. you. Thank you so much. You too. Well, God bless. Thanks for calling. All right. Okay, let's get to Cody from Ohio. Hey, Cody, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Matt, how's it going? It's been a while since it's... I talked to you. Okay. All right. So, uh, thanks for calling again. What, what do you got? So, uh, I was talking to some guys at work, and <clears throat> they mentioned that down in Kentucky, there's, uh, there's a Pentecostal church or churches that they practice, and it's like a a ritual, like, I don't know how many times a year they do it, but it's like a revival or whatever, but they practice handling snakes. And I was yeah. telling them, I said, well, yeah. that sounds like it's coming out of the book of Acts, and it sounds like cult, like it's cultic. Now, is that is it true? Do they actually do that? Yeah, there are people, they're called snake handlers, and they do. Uh, and it's out of standing in a mark. They'll pick up serpents and drink deadly poison will not hurt them. So um, here's a question I've got for them. So you can pick up snakes. They go snake handlers. All right. They pick up snake handlers. And you can handle a snake if you learn how, and even venomous ones. But why is it they don't just drink deadly poison also? Now, I'm not suggesting that they do that. I don't want them to. I think it's foolish to do either one. But uh, so just make sure you understand. I'm not uh, you know anybody out there. I'm not advocating that. But why are the inconsistency with them? Because because it's very simple. They can handle handling snakes, but not drinking poison. And so it's not miraculous. It's just a uh, an overzealousness Lock. in with immaturity uh, in the biblical uh, context. That's what's going on. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 He mentioned his girlfriend was you know from down south and that's what they do and 
and I was kind of witnessing to him and whatnot, bringing about the law and, and whatnot mm-hmm. to hopefully bring him to salvation and mercy. And he ended up bringing no. that up, and I, it kind of threw me off. I was like, whoa, <laughs> sounds like it's called to me. Yeah, a lot of them are co- very cultic. Now, I haven't done any studying throughout history, my, my you know, years of, on earth here, I mean, uh, about uh, snake handling groups, because they're so rare, because it's pretty dumb. It's just, <laughs> hey, do you want to join my church? Okay, what you, what's it about? Well, we handle snakes. What? Yeah, poisonous ones, like rattlers. You want to join us? I think I'll go to McDonald's and eat a hamburger. You know, it's about like that. Uh, right. <laughs> And, yeah. and so it's usually a cultural thing, and different cultures uh, in churches, um, you know, just they're just different, and that's okay. I don't see anything as good or bad. It's just being stupid. We don't want to be stupid. You right. Know, stupid. But, um, you know, it I reminds would say it's me mishandling, mishandling the word of God too. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. But we can do different things in different churches, different ways, different cultures, and that's okay as long as it doesn't violate what's written in the word of God. That's all. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. That's all. Yep. If I come up with another one or whatever, I'll give you a call back tomorrow. Okay. Sounds good. God bless. You know, it just reminded me talking about that back when I was in seminary. I had a, a guy who's a friend of mine, this black guy, and and uh, you know he's a great guy, and we became friends over the years uh, in sem, and he invited me to his church, and I said, oh, okay, and he goes, but I got to warn you. And I'm smiling already. He says, i got to warn you because, uh, uh, he says, we're a little bit energetic. And I said, oh, I like that. <laughs> he said, I like it. And he said, we can have to say amen. And we we, say, we shout out back to the pastor. I'm like, oh, I like that too. <laughs> this some, well, I want to go. And I do. I also do like that. And so, uh, and so uh, we went there. And I remember... The, the during the great music, I love the choir. It was just awesome. I really did. And so uh, the pastor walked out, and everybody stood up and applauded for the pastor. And I didn't like that. I did not like that. I remember this very clearly. I thought this is wrong. You don't applaud for a from a man. It just go for Jesus. And I said to my buddy, I go, what are they applauding him for? And he looked at me. And goes, you don't get it. He says, they're not applauding the man. They're applauding the one who's bringing the word of God. Because the word of God's coming. And I, my eyebrows went up and I smiled. I go, okay. And I started clapping. And, you know, and because uh, I got it. I love that kind of stuff. I, I like the energy of churches. And, uh, you know, when I was preaching in prisons, different prisons over, over nine years, uh, I remember uh, the first time it happened, I asked a rhetorical question in a sermon. Rhetorical question means you don't answer it. It's just a rhetorical question. And this guy <laughs> in church, in prison, in church, he answered the question. And I, I was taken aback by it just for a couple of seconds. But he was sincere. And he had, well, you know, and he's answered it. And so I <laughs> I just rolled with it. As, Praise God, man. And I, I, I forgot what it was, but I said, oh, yeah. And then we just kept going. And then somebody else later you know, said something else. And during the sermon, they would get involved. And I remember, oh, man, I like this. This is awesome. And they weren't out of hand. You know, you can't get to be, you know, be, do things in order. But I, I like it when, uh, when, when that happens. I've even done this in some churches um, where I've said, I've said to them, <laughs> for real, 
I said, look, look, I said, when I'm preaching here, I get excited because it's the word of God. And I said, if you want to throw some amens out at me, I'm not going to, I'm not going to mind. And I've had a few of them on the spot go, amen. <laughs> and it's fun. And during the sermons, it would happen sometimes, you know, when I encourage it. Um, because generally, uh, you know, some of the churches that I would be allowed to preach in are, are uh, how do we say this, uh, reserved and uh which is okay you know and that's okay too because people love god and they, they express it in different ways and i wouldn't say one's better than the other it's just different but i sure like the involvement uh, of the congregation uh, in in church i think it's great i do let's get to let's see uh somebody uh from somewhere okay <laughs> i don't know from tennessee welcome you're on the air uh hello matt like this is keepers of the peace i got a question for you all right. Uh, my question is whenever non-believers or scoffers will say, quote, that's just your interpretation. What do you say to that? How do you respond to them? I say, oh, thank you. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, don't think I'm that handsome. <laughs> and they, yeah, why, you know, they go, what? They say, what, what are you talking about? I said, no, no, I, I'm, I'm not that old. I, I'm younger. Yeah. And they, they go, what are you talking about? Well, you said, I'm just going with what you said. It's just interpretation. I mean, I can interpret wherever you say in the way I want, right? Just your interp- just my interpretation. And the point is, it's not just interpretation. You can't just say and dismiss it. It's just your interpretation. Because there are certain hermeneutical rules when you get to the interpretation and analysis of certain things. It doesn't mean everything you read in the Scripture is going to be uh, perfectly understood. It's the Word of God, act- after all. But it does mean that we have to use certain constructs and certain methodologies when we look at the Word of God. Look at context, look at word meaning, look at cultural context and things like that. And so that's what I do when people say, it's just your interpretation. And I start interpreting their words whatever way I want. Usually it's, it's make me look good. Usually I'm really handsome or really intelligent or extremely humble. You know, I'm like, oh, no, I don't think I'm that humble, but thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I'll, I'll have fun with it. Um, and uh, so that's one of the things I do. Have you ever heard of that technique? I've never tried that before. I think I will. It's fun. And what you do is, you know, they'll say, well, that's just your interpretation. And you can say whatever you want to say. No, no, two rocks does not make a chair. You're wrong about that. And they'll, they'll <laughs> you wait because what you just said was so stupid, you know? And uh, just wait. Let them talk. <laughs> They're confused, and I enjoy that confusion. And so that's what I'll do is I'll uh, I'll do that and um, talk about it. So you know it's a lot of fun. And then once I get the point across, I go. So we do have to understand words and what they mean in context, don't we? So let's go. And then I'll take them here. And another thing I'll do is I'll say, okay, let's go to John eleven thirty five. All right. John eleven thirty five. I'm going to read you a verse. You tell me what it means. But I'm going to tell you what it means first. What I think it means. You tell me if I'm right or wrong. Okay? The verse, John eleven thirty five, is Jesus wept. I'm going to interpret it to mean that Jesus wept. That you know, He cried. Shed some tears. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and... Uh, I'll do this with the Catholics and they say you have to have authority to interpret God's word and I'll ask them that question all of a sudden they're stuck you can try it with those guys too well we didn't need some super thing to build understand that it was very easy wasn't it 
that kind of stuff. Call back tomorrow. We can talk some more about it. It's a lot of fun. All right, brother. Hey, we're out of time. Sorry about that. May the Lord bless you all. And by his grace, and I do mean by his grace, back on there tomorrow, hopefully, and we'll talk to you then. So have a great evening, everyone. God bless. Bye. Another program powered by the Truth Network.